And so, Father, we bless you for the joy of being together. And as we open, dear Lord, the word of God to share, I pray, dear Lord, that let your presence come and fill this place. Just as you have told us the wonder and the joy of being in your presence for the few moments that remain for this service, we pray that your presence will engulf us, your presence will embrace us, your presence will touch us, your presence will cause a change in our situations and in our circumstances for the glory of your name. Your presence will reveal something new unto us and lift us up into a new experience and encounter with yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, if you remember, as we were sharing, we, were, we started and we shared uh, on the issue of my presence, not my, but his, that is God's presence, as he calls us unto himself. Each one of us, he has an appointment with you and with me. He does not expect you or me to reach him through another brother or through another sister or to experience his touch through somebody else. He wants you to experience him personally because he likes a one-on-one -on -one encounter with you. Not to deal with you, to go to tell, oh, you know, I will tell so-and-so what he should come to tell you. He wants to meet you in your own house in your own kitchen, in your own bedroom, as you are seated in your sitting room, on your own bed. He wants to come there and he, he has an encounter with you because that is the essence of his, of his presence. And as we touched last time, remember when we talked about his presence that went with Israel as they left Egypt, every single day his presence was there. He made sure he, he could not leave anything to chance as he brought them through that particular desert. And you realize we say it, his presence was their help because the word of God said there was none feeble amongst them. And they were not having medicine that they were drinking that every, every other day in that particular desert or in that wilderness. But his presence was their medicine that brought help. His presence was their shelter their light, their joy, and their gladness. His presence was their protection, and his presence was their provider. And that's what he wants to be to you. And we declared as we looked at it, that, you know, do not miss that hour of your visitation, for the hour of your visitation is the hour, is, the, is that particular moment of his presence. Now you realize, he says very clearly, he's everywhere at every one time. There's nowhere where he isn't. And yet, it appears there are places where he isn't. And yet, there is nowhere where he isn't. Because that is a strange, it's a strange thing. That you be in a place, he's there. And yet you feel, or you know, as far as you know, that he's not here. I can't feel him, I can't sense him. And so, as far as we are concerned, we'll say he's not there. But he says, I'm everywhere at any one time. So it's upon you and upon I, by his grace, to be able to discover that particular presence and to be able to step into it and to be able to abide in that presence. And remember Moses told us something and we'll, how he could not dare move one step forward from where they were at a particular time in the journey without his presence going with them and going before them. And he tells God very clearly, if you're not going with us, don't take us from here. 
we're going to stay here until when we die here and our bones will rot here. Because you refuse to go with us. But if at all you're going to go with us, then we are ready to go. And that is the view that God is looking for from you and from me. As we expect from him. And today as we move on, we touch on from last week. Where we finish that his name is his presence. Remember the priestly blessing that he commanded Moses to tell Aaron to be blessing the children of Israel. And we bless each other every other uh, Sunday or meeting that we have together. That the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord establish you in his shalom or in his peace. Or the Lord give you his peace. And today just as we move on. Remember he said by declaring that those words over Israel. You will put my name. On the children of Israel. And so I will be with them. Interesting. That his name is his presence. Now remember he tells uh, Joseph and Mary. You shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. Interesting how he speaks. You shall call his name Jesus. Then Peter comes later on and he tells us in Acts. For there is no other name that has been given unto men or mankind. But that name, Jesus, the name of Jesus. And he says, you shall place my name upon the children of Israel by declaring this word. And I will be with them. Then strange enough, Hebrews comes and tells us, he is the express image of the invisible God. So if he is the express image of the invisible God, only one thing, you know, by looking from one to two to three, in line with what it he, has, he has said, he then comes to, he's as if he's telling us one strange, interesting statement. He's saying, my name is unknowable. You cannot know my name. And then he tells you, this person is the express image of me. He is called Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. And he says there is no other name that has been given unto mankind that can save mankind apart from this name. And he says, I will give him a name that is above every other name. That at this name, everything in heaven, on earth and under the earth must bow to this name and declare that he is Lord. And he still flips around and he, you know, sp still speaking of this particular of this of, of this particular name. He says, All that the Father has is mine. For the Father has put everything, he has taken everything that he has, he has given unto me. It's as if saying the Father has been left with nothing. And then he comes and he says somewhere else that Philip, have I been with you all this time? And you've not known who I am. When Philip is asking him, show us the father. Then he said, have I been with you all this time and you do not know who I am? He who has seen me has seen the father. Because you'll never see the father. You can only see his express image. And that is what I am. And I've been living with you all this time. You have been in his presence. And yet you didn't know. Open your eyes and open your heart and discover where you are standing, Philip. 
And maybe he's saying the same to you and unto me. We are looking out far that way to try to get him. And he's wondering what is wrong with this child of mine. I am here with you, child. Do you know what? Last Sunday, he visited Linda. And Linda was looking at a wonderful rainbow. Nobody else might have seen that particular rainbow, by the way. Even the neighbors might not have not noticed that there is a wonderful rainbow outside there. But he opens the eyes of his daughter. And imagine that rainbow extending from one side of the garden, just a neighbor, is like a fence. Leaving out that one, coming to this other fence and enclosing her to make sure, hello, Linda, you are unique to me. You are special to me. My presence covers you. And my presence is with you. And I'm concerned about you. I care. And I'm engulfing you in my love. And not only you, but your whole home is under my embrace. This is the presence that sustains and keeps us. And so he comes and he says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember, this is the name that has been given unto us. And as we have shared briefly, if you are getting me, his name equals him. And therefore, his name equals his presence. That's why he says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. So whenever you call on that name, Jesus, he declares, you shall receive the blessing of God. And what is more? He placing that name upon us, the difference and the uniqueness it brings in us. Something he says, which I want us to practice today. He says in First Peter chapter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood. Of course, this all goes on, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. But remember, he says, you are a royal priesthood. Can you turn around and look at the person who is next to you? Just look at the person. Don't look at me. Look at that person. Where is your wife or your, or your, or your neighbor? Just look at him or her. Remember, you are looking at a royal priest. Because you are a royal priesthood. That's what his word says. It's not me who is saying, Matthew. So even if you don't like that man and he's been your husband, or you don't like that woman, he's been your wife, I say, I don't, but then I'm, I'm married to him or I'm married to her. Or it's your sister, it's your brother. That is your priest. That's a priest, a royal priesthood by you, by the grace of God. And he commanded Aaron that by this you shall place my name upon the people. He gave Aaron or the priest that particular command, that opportunity. I want you to reach your hand out to your neighbor and hold that particular hand. Don't mind. If you feel it is not good enough, you'll use the sanitizer after we leave, after we leave the service. So don't mind. But at least there's, there's no problem for now. You can hold the hand of your neighbor. Now, I want you to declare these words after me as you are holding that particular hand. Just declare these words after me. You are a royal priest. And I want you to minister. Amen. Now. Now, I want you to minister unto each other the words of Aaron. Because there's a blessing that's going to be released to that brother or to that sister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, by declaring this blessing, you place the name of the Lord upon that man or upon that woman. That is scripture. That was a blessing unto Israel. 
and you and I have been given the right to be to partake in the commonwealth of the blessings of Israel, every single one of them. That's what the word of God says. I want us to partake of that particular blessing. Now, as I repeat this word, repeat after me because I want you to ask that priest. I want you to place the name of the Lord upon that man and upon that woman. And if you have a need, I want you to start believing God is going to answer that need. He's going to answer that sickness. He's going to break that particular yoke or that habit. He's going to do something in your life or in your family because the name of the Lord is being placed upon you by a royal priest in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God. So can you declare these words after me? But not to me. Declaring unto the people whom you are holding their hands in your spirit. Realize that I'm speaking to these ones that I'm holding. Just say, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord grant you his grace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord establish you in his shalom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, from today I want you to start doing something. Maybe I've told you before. But I would like you, every day, take a moment. It does not matter how that son or that daughter has been, you know, such a pain to you. And every time you say, like, this boy, this girl is just terrible. Or that brother or that sister. Or in your family, it doesn't matter. I don't care what the person has been unto you. I want you, or if you don't have, you maybe just live alone. It doesn't matter. I want you to take, remember you are a royal priest. I want you to start declaring these particular words over your family every single day. It is not a ritual. It is not a, a, man, a, a mantra or a chant that you are saying, I'm not teaching you Eastern religion. No, I'm not here to give you declarations. I don't want you to go doing declarations. No, that you know you depend on this particular declaration. I will be declaring it every other day. That becomes almost like a chant or a mantra. But I want you to do something. I want you to declare the scripture. That is, you are obeying God. You are now not saying when you rise in the morning or even in the day, whatever time. You are not just repeating those words because they have been written there. The way we repeat the Lord's Prayer. You know, sometimes we repeat the Lord's Prayer as a chant or like a, like a mantra. You know, like it's as if it's in the meditation. It's not right. Jesus didn't expect us to take that particular prayer as a chant, to be chanting, you know, as a congregation, that the Lord, in our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy. And, and that's what we do sometimes, and it's wrong. To say the truth, it is not right. There is something, I, I believe the Lord was showing us a way for us to be praying, a, a way for us to approach the Father, but we have turned it into, it's like become a chant. We chant it over and over. That's what Eastern religions do. But God wants a personal you know, relationship. He wants you to talk to him. There is none of you who taught your children how they should be speaking every day. So as they have grown up, they always speak that way to you. No, they, they have the way they express themselves to you because they are individual. You know, they, they are individual as they are. And that's how the Father is looking up for you and for me in the name of the Lord Jesus. So every day in your home, start doing this, please. Get those scripture. If you don't know where it is, it is Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, 20, 22 to 27. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. Take those words, and I want you to be declared, whether you are young or whether you are old, 
be declaring over your house every day, Lord, I thank you, and by your word, I place your name upon my household. I place your name upon my, 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 my husband, upon my, my children. And if you have that grace enough, declare it. Lord, I also place this name, blessed name upon Hope Community Church, West London. That is, you'll be blessing every one of these men and women who are here every single day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? It is upon you. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's not me who is telling you. I was told to come and tell you. So let us partake of the blessing that God gives unto us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we move on in those few moments that are before us, there is something that Paul speaks to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. He is indicating to us something about the presence of God. I'm talking about us dwelling in his presence. And that is dwelling in his presence in the sense that we simply know. And we know that he is here. He is upon us as much as he's within us. And we are moving in that cloud of his presence at all times. That all we do is within that particular cloud of his presence. He say, his, Paul is telling us something here that his presence is your comfort and is my comfort. If at all you are feeling that particular stress and heaviness in life, seek to be able to know the presence of God. If you desire to know that liberty, because hear what he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort, comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now realize, he says he is the one who comforts us in those particular difficult moments and in those particular trials. That is when we are going through the valleys as we studied last, the other time, valleys of the shadow of death. As we go through the valleys of fear and what have you, he says, we are not afraid because the God of all comfort is with us and he seeks to be able to comfort us. He is always reaching out to comfort us and to console us in those difficult or trying moments, even in those moments of joy. As you are filled with joy, he is continually comforting you to make sure that your joy is maintained in his presence in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he says in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, when he says, he's the one who goes before you. And then he says, he will be with you. He will not leave you. He says, he goes before you so that you are ever seeing him. He, he never gets out of sight. He says, he will be with you. It's like, you know, you can sense he is all around you in the moments of pain, in the moments of trial, in the moments of difficulties, and you don't know which direction to turn to. He says, he's the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He says, he will not leave you. So, and then he adds, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. And how many times do we fear? How many times do we get dismayed? Remember, as he encourages you, he tells us in Isaiah 43, and these are words that he's speaking unto you specifically. He says that I created you, that I formed you, that I have redeemed you, that I have called you by your name. 
And he says, you are mine. Then he asks, when you go through the waters, I will be with you. He says, when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you, because I will be with you. He says, when you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. Why? Because I will be with you. He says, even the flames themselves shall not scorch you. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, he says, For I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. My presence is with you and is going to be with you. And he continues to say, For I will help you. I will strengthen. He says, I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. He will not leave you, regardless of what it is you have gone through. Sometimes we feel we've been in a place maybe that we feel we are dirty. We don't deserve his grace and his love and his goodness. He says, no, with my hand, I will get you out of that murky state. And I will uphold you because I love you. You're precious to me. I will clean you yet again for I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you to the end of the ages. Just don't run away from me. I love you. Basically, that's what it is that he's telling us. His presence is your comfort. And so my brother and my sister, seek his presence. Cry out unto him. If you don't know anything, just tell him, Father, I long for your presence. I ask you, fill me with your presence. Let me sense, let me know your presence. You don't need to know any specific scriptures. It is just your voice and your cry. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Cry out unto him in that state of not knowing. I want to know your presence. Let that be your cry every day, day in and day out. You're going to be surprised. When that presence, once uh, suddenly he opens that particular door and you realize, wow, his presence, as he declares, he, it dispels, it casts away our loneliness. There are many times that we are lonely in life, but in his presence, our loneliness disappears. You may be lonely, even while you are seated here, you may be seated here and you are lonely. Maybe your family is a lonely family. You know, maybe your, your relatives, you know, shun you in one way or another. Even friends, maybe they don't look at you the way you desire them to look at you. But he tells us that in his presence, his presence will put away that particular loneliness. I want you to look at one person whom sometimes I look at and he appeared to have many people around him and to have many friends. But yet in real terms, in human terms, you may as well say this person was a very lonely person. As he walked up and down. Listen to what he says. In, in John chapter 8 verse 16 and 18. He, he is, the Jews are arguing with him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that you know. And yet if I do judge. My judgment is true. Because they were, you know, they were really trying to, you know, to, to, dis, uh, to, to cancel. And refute what it is that he had been trying to share with them. So saying that he's bearing witness to himself or doing things for himself and they didn't want to believe he had been sent by God. So he comes in verse 16 to 18, he tells them, and yet if I do judge, my judgment is true for I am not alone here. I am not alone. Even in the midst of those particular, you know, oppositions, he says, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It, as it is also written in your law, 
that the testimony of two men is true. Then he says, I am one who bears witness to myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Now realize, being somebody, you have friends. I will put it like friends, but they are friends who really do not connect because even as you are seated with them, you realize they don't get it. You tell them so many things, and you say, ah, these characters, they just get, they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand what I'm talking about. You talk about, about uh, that, you know, in three days, uh, I'll rise again. They wonder, what is he talking about three days, he'll rise again? Why? Because they have never known of a resurrection all their life. And you are talking of that in three days, I, I, I will go and I'll, I'll rise again. They can't connect with most of the things that Jesus taught them. They were not getting it. They were just moving along with him. All these particular three years, you know, the, know it is because when he finally is taken to, to go to the cross, they all ran away. They disappeared. The Bible says there was not a single, only women had the courage to be with him. As men, we had taken cover. We are taken you know, off completely at that particular time. It's strange that only women are the ones who had the courage to go close unto him at that particular hour of need. But his closest friends, the one who called the men, the men who should stand with me, there was none. All of them had disappeared in the distance. But yet, realize something, that in all those particular situations, even his family, you realize many times even his brothers, the Bible says, they didn't believe in him. He was opposed by the whole establishment and a lone figure in the whole country speaking against the established religion in the, whole, in the whole land of Israel and how they were committed to their religion. Now realize, he says still in those situations, I am not alone because I know my father is with me. And I want you to ask yourself, do I know that the Lord Jesus is with me? In those moments when you are alone and you are feeling nobody loves you, nobody, nobody cares, nobody even hears me, nobody even concerned about my ministry or what the Lord does in my life, and you start crying and having a pity party in that quiet corner of yours, he says, you are not alone. Remember what the psalmist says? He says in Psalms 42, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs for you, O God. It pants for you, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I appear before God? He speaks of his heart's desire to appear before God, to get into the presence of the Almighty. And he paints that particular picture for us, that his presence is alone will satisfy your soul and will satisfy my soul. With all the things we desire in the world, all the allurements and the riches and what have you that the world has got to offer, nothing satisfies like the presence of the King of glory. And that is the Lord Jesus. And I encourage you, hope, may you be a man and a woman who is going to thirst and hunger for his presence. Remember that woman who came to anoint Jesus, broke the alabaster oil, the alabaster jar, poured that expensive oil on Jesus and started to wipe his hair, his feet with her hair. Realized something that she did, that she, she did. She discovered something that others didn't know. All the men who were there, they were just happy to be here. You know, this is a great man. It's nice, it's nice to sit with a great man, to be identified with a great man. That's what men always do. They want to be with the one, you know, mm, 
that one. So they want to sit there, they can be known, I was with, I was with so and so. This woman is different. She comes into that place against culture. A woman was not expected to be in the midst of those men. I know they had their, their beards and their turbans. I'm sure it was a terrifying presence. But she has the guts and the courage. She walks through. In fact, they called her a prostitute. She walks through that particular crowd. And, you know, it's as if everybody wants to run away because nobody wants her to touch her. And she comes there like a bee, eyeing for the feet of just one person. The Lord Jesus Christ, my soul thus for thee, my soul pants for thee. When will I appear before you, oh my God? She breaks through that particular door regardless of the, mm, what is she coming to do here? Who is he? Even Simon is there wondering, what on earth is this woman who coming to do in our presence? And she falls at the feet of Jesus Christ. Praise God. She just wanted to be in his presence. Do you have such a desire? You will not, you are not scared of what Paul is going to say. What have you come to do here? This is not a place for a man, for a woman. It's only for the men of God, only for the women of God. Nah, he said, you are not going to be put off by anybody or anything to grasp what God wants you to grasp. And that is to grasp his presence. I'm repeating this over and over again for those words keep on starting up in my spirit that this is my month, this is my time, this is my season, the season for my presence. And whatever that means, I just desire that you and I are going to be able to step into that presence and to be able to know that presence. Hear what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things. But nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him against that day. The scripture is telling us that unless you know him, you will not know his presence. And the Father wants you to know him and to experience that particular presence as you move on. Why do we say that? Don't be like Jacob. Whom the word of God says in 20, Genesis 28 verse 16. If you read that, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. How many times is the Lord reaching out unto us? He is right here with us, reaching out to help us. And we don't see it. We don't ascribe the glory or the praise to him. We keep on saying, oh, brother, so-and-so is the one who has done for me. Oh, I went to saw that rich man. He's the one who helped me. Oh, I'm looking to get help from that particular you know, woman. She has a lot of money. She will help me out of this particular problem. Oh, I'm expecting help from that particular place. Oh, you know, I know a wonderful doctor. He's the one who will be able to solve this particular problem of mine. We forget one thing. He's right there watching. Shall we be able to reach out unto him? Remember what Daniel says in chapter 2, verse 22. When you, have, when you have time, you can read the whole of that chapter. But in Daniel 22, verse 22, he says, God reveals his deep secrets. And that is, he reveals deep secrets. And he says, he knows what is in the darkness. And light dwells with him. Basically, what does he say? He says, he's telling us, because light dwells with him. Because he reveals secrets, 
He is basically telling you, decisions are easy to make in his presence. If you are in his presence, any kind of decision that is troubling your spirit, you'll suddenly discover how easy it becomes to be able to make that particular decision. The hunches or the ideas that pop up into your spirit simply because of being in his presence are awesome. My wife has come up with some ideas, some crazy ideas that have baffled me and I've opposed them. I told her, no way, Florence, that can't work. And at one time, I remember, I've never told her this. One time, she, she was telling me, do this, and I was refusing to tell her, no way, I'm not going to do that. But she had gotten that pop within the presence of God. And I was opposing her in my, in my man, in my man mind. I like, no, no, I'm not going to accept that. Then I, I dozed off at some point, and to my surprise, I, in, in, that, in that particular moment, I did something that was very strange. In that vision, or the vision of a dream, I found myself shouting out, you know, somebody was telling me something uh, in line with what I was agreeing with. But I was shouting back to that person, no, Florence says this, and what he's saying is the truth. Then I woke up. I wondered, I, what is that? I went ahead and did what she said. Straight out, I knew, oh God, no, 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 no. I think I've been opposing your voice and I've been wanting to follow my own, my own, my own. So I started confessing what, agreeing with her in my dream and disagreeing with what I was planning to do in my own, you know, in, in, the, in the real reality. That is the wonder. In his presence, decisions are easy to make. Why? Because there comes those hunches that come in your spaces, they that wait upon the Lord, you know the scripture, they shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. His presence puts the oomph within your wings, and you are able to rise up to the high, clear skies, while the other birds are being tossed up and down with the storms, they don't know which direction to go. You know what happens in a storm. You know, everything is going round and round, and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn to. But the ego is above the storm. It has locked its wings and it is watching. It's only waiting for the carcass. Because it knows after that storm, these guys are going to, these guys, the small birds are gone, they are finished. There's nothing they're going to do about it. They will be knocked off. But it lies safe above the storm. Wait in his presence in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I finish with Psalms 103. You can go and read it yourself, verse 7. Something that Moses gives us a glimpse of, of what it is in waiting, as you await in the presence of God. Remember we said he refused to depend on his knowledge and his skill, to lead the children of Israel. He, de he determined that God must go with them. Why? Because he had been in God's presence for long periods and he had seen the benefits of being in his presence. And that one of the benefits that Moses found was the wonder of knowing the ways of God. Mm. Psalms 103 says, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Moses finally discovered. He didn't just say, oh, God has done that. Ay, God has done that. Ay, God has done that. No, that was not his experience. It's like God had already showed him ways. This is how this is going to come about. This is how this is going to come about. As he raises that, that road over the Red Sea, 
He has already been told it is the raising of the road over the sea that the, my power is going to be made manifest. So he's already aware of the ways. The children of Israel just see that road being raised up and they start seeing the sea starting to, to split. Go this way and that way. They say, wow, that road is powerful. I wish I can get hold of that road and raise it also myself towards the sea so that the sea can part. They do not know how that the raising, what it involves to raise that particular road. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Do you want to know the ways of God? And do you want to know what it is that he is longing to reveal in your life? How he wants to bring about the victory? The choice is yours. Let us desire to be in his presence. Let us desire to follow him. It is a humbling experience to realize we know nothing. To a great extent, we are stupid and we are foolish in our own wisdom and our own understandings. But his presence makes us wise. And he will enable us to choose right and to get the victory for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless you. I pray that your presence may be the desire of our hearts. You have said even when we get into New Jerusalem into the new heaven and into the new earth which you are bringing down. You say that you will dwell there. We shall not need the sun or the moon. We shall not need a lamp to show us any way because you, you will be our light. You will light everywhere. There will be no darkness because your presence which is light will fill us in every aspect. So be it that we may long for this presence. And Father, there are people who are here, who are sick. There are those ones, dear Lord, who have got their beloved ones who are sick at home. We lift up our sister, our sister's sister, Salwat, into your holy hands. Salwat, Najat's sister, and any other who is here, and they have got beloved ones who are unwell. And those ones also in their home, even they themselves are unwell. Lord, I send your presence into their situation right now. Let your presence which brings healing flow and heal, restore. Restore the minds of your children. Restore their hearts, their souls, their emotions. Restore their physical bodies. Heal their organs, Father. Let the bones be healed. Let the skin be healed by your presence. Let the eyes and the necks and the backs be healed by your presence, Almighty God. Let the hips, let the knees be healed by your presence, O God. I release your anointing. Let the kidneys be healed by your presence in the name of Jesus. For the glory of your wonderful name, let God arise. And let your presence be revealed in the lives of your children. And in that which they do, in Jesus' name. And Father, I place your name upon your children as we shall be parting later. That the name of the Lord shall defend them. The name of the Lord shall be their sure rare God. As the glory of God that the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon each of you. The Lord establish you in his shalom. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>